That's a great song. You catch them words. David, David, I'm going to talk to you. Take your Bibles, go to Chronicles. Uh, David is a, is a very interesting character. But uh, he learned some things early on that uh, he just learned. He just learned. And that's what we need to do is learn. David is talking. We talked this morning about uh, some... Uh, uh, man, my brain is about... It's, it's running all over the place. Uh, the Lord said he... Solomon said he had a settled place for thee to abide forever. And he said, uh, he said, when you build something, build it according to the pattern in the mountain. He's talking about the tabernacle back there. And David was sitting there, and he went to Nathan. And Nathan came in. He said, hey, Nathan, I got a, got a deal for you, man. I want to build this temple. And he, Nathan said, do it. And then Nathan came back and said, hey, the Lord said you can't. In Chronicles chapter 28, verse 11, David starts saying right there, and he says, and David gave to Solomon his son the pattern of the porch and of the house and uh, houses thereof and of the treasuries thereof and of the upper chamber thereof and of the, the inner part thereof and of all the palaces or places of the mercy seat uh, and the pattern of all that he had by the spirit of the courts of the house of the Lord. And, and he goes on and on and on and on and, and he gets over verse 18. He says, and of the altar of incense, refined gold by weight and gold uh, for the pattern of the chariots of the cherubims. Now, the, chariot, the cherubims must have been sitting on cher, uh, uh, chariots. I have no idea. I'd, I'd like to see a picture of those when I get to heaven. All this, verse 19, uh, said David, the Lord made me understand in writing by his hand upon me even all the works of this pattern. In verse chapter 20, uh, verse 1, it says, Furthermore, David the king uh, said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great, for the pl uh, palace is not for man, but for the Lord. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. I do pray that you'd bless this message, and, and Lord, help us to see that all through our Bible, there's just patterns laying out everywhere, that if we'd pattern our lives after those things, Lord, uh, our lives would change, and Lord, uh, you could make changes in our lives. What a blessing it is to know that you know the end uh, way before we do, and Lord, we can trust in that. Lord, bless the message tonight, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God done told Abraham, uh, David, your son is going to build this temple. You know what that tells you? That he knows what's going on. And it's going to happen. And you can bet your bottom dollar on that right there. You can put your trust in him. He'll get you through. Uh, you know what I'm glad about? I'm glad he knows the end from the beginning. You say, why? Well, because he ain't squished me yet. So there must be something left out there good that he's going to do that he ain't squished me yet. Because if there was nothing left and I was at the end of my ropes and he was done with me, I feel like he'd squish me like a bug. But he hasn't. I thank God for that, man. Second King, 1 Kings 8.13. I'm going to read a verse here and move on. I, I have, Solomon says, after he completed it, don't ever let young people, don't ever let anybody tell you you're not valuable. David knew if God said you're valuable, you're valuable. And you can do, you got some strength that we just old people don't have no more. I'm learning real quick that I don't have what I used to have. I used to be able to drop and roll and, and get back up. Now I just drop and roll and moan for a minute and then get back up. There's going to come a day I'm going to drop and roll and I ain't going to get back up. My mom fell. Oh, I felt so sorry for her. She fell out her back door and she has a step about this high and she has this plastic little thing here and she's 90 years old and she gets her foot caught underneath this thing and falls out. And I used to mock her all the time and laugh at her because she had this little thing around her neck that you push the button and get 911. And she laid out on the back porch out there for a half hour, 45 minutes, 
pushing that button, and finally somebody came. She goes, nobody came, none of my neighbors. I said, Mom, they're all gone. You don't have no more neighbors. I said, but that button, I was like, that thing is good, man. That thing is good. And uh, I learned right there, I said, I shouldn't make fun of my mom anymore. At 90 years old, she's getting up there. And uh, I was talking to her today, and she goes, well, you know, I'm, I'm past the point where I, I know if I get out, I'm just going to fall and break something else. And uh, you, you feel sorry for him, but young people don't ever, I mean, your whole life's ahead of you. Now, the Lord may not come back for another hundred years. I know it's not true. I'm not trying, I'm trying to make you feel better about this. Uh, he could come back in five minutes. That's right. But if he don't, your life is ahead of you. What you need to do is find out, you know, you set patterns up in life and your life gets set early on in life. And the earlier you can get that thing set, the better off you are. I think the Lord does all kinds of stuff. He said, I, Solomon, after he's a young man, after he's built a temple, he goes, uh, 1 Kings 8, 13, said, I have surely built thee a house to dwell in, a settled place for thee to abide in forever. He followed his dad's instructions to a T. You know what that tells me a lot about Solomon? Solomon is not one who, uh, who rebukes authority. He listens. Uh, he was given something, and he knew he was young. He told the Lord, he said, I'm but young. I don't know how to guide these people. These are your sheep. I don't know what to do. The Lord said, I'll take care of your problem for you. And he did. Settle to place in a permanent condition after wandering or fluctuation. The temple never was fixed. It was always a tabernacle. It was a, uh, a tent that they took from place to place. Settle to fix, establish, to make permanent in any place. You know what the Lord wants to do is make something permanent in our lives. Amen. And we need to let him do it. Hebrews, I, I read that. He said... The Lord said when he's talking about the tabernacle, he says, For see, saith he, that thou makest all things according to the pattern showed thee in the mount. There's a lot of patterns out there that you can follow after life. Uh, there's, there's men out there, women out there that you can look at in TV and you can pattern your life after them. I would never do that. I would never tell you to pattern no football player, no basketball player, no hockey player, none of that stuff. I wouldn't tell you to pattern yourself after a president of the United States. I don't care who they are. I wouldn't tell you to pattern. Uh, I'd tell you to pattern yourself after a, a saved Christian person if you're going to do it. Or get in your Bible. You can find people all over the place. Uh, Solomon said he did that. Titus said in 2, Titus 2, 1, he says, but speak thou... Now, he's talking to Titus. He says, Titus, you got to tell people this. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober. Brethren, there's uh, the older ones in here. We have a responsibility to the younger ones. We have a responsibility to the middle-aged people. We have a responsibility that God's laid on us that we, we cannot get out of. That the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith and charity and patience. We got some people, young people taking uh, TBDI. That's great, man. I think it's the greatest thing in the wide world. Uh, you'll get settled and rooted and grounded in the Word of God, and it'll last you the rest of your life. We got some older people. Tim, they're, they're coming at your, your record, man, two years. We got one up here. She said she's going to do it in a year. She's going to make you look bad. A girl on top of that lady, man, is going to make you look bad. It's terrible, man. You're going to take the course over see if you can do it in six months. <laughs> And verse 3 there, it says, the aged women. So, guys, it's not just about you. It's about the women, too. Aged women, likewise. You know what y'all are supposed to be? It says uh, that they be in behavior as becoming holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, uh, teachers of good things. Oh, he just said we can drink. I don't believe that's new wine there, by the way. I think that's hooch. And uh, giving a little wine for that often infirmity's sake. I think, I think right there uh, back then, but that's back then. That's not today. So don't be doing it. Don't come in here drunk and think we're not going to say nothing to you. Because we will. That you may teach the younger women. You know what young women need to know? How to be a lady. Amen. You know where they're going to learn that from? The older ones. 
You guys are going to teach to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers of the home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men, young guys, y'all need to learn some things, man. Young men, likewise, exhort to be sober-minded in all things showing them, uh, themselves a pattern of good works. You know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to figure out, now, how do you know what to do? You know, you can come to church for the rest of your life, and, and, and we can tell you, do this, do this, do this, do this, don't, 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 do this, do this. I'm going to tell you how you do it. You get in the Bible, and you start reading this thing, and then you try to find people. I love Dr. Ruffman. I know a lot of people, they, they, they don't want to, he, he'll tell you, if Doc was here, he'd tell you, don't mention me. No, I don't care, man. I really don't care. Uh, if, I, if I tell people who my friends are, then they'll go away and leave me alone if they don't like them. Uh, Dr. Ruffman, I, I always could trust him. Uh, that little old guy, man, and he was, he's only about that tall, maybe, maybe that tall. No, he's about that tall. Uh, it was so funny, man. They, I remember one time they had the bass player up here, and the bass player's a big old guy, and he was playing the bass, and, and all the other guys were big old guys. And Dr. Ruffman had his little harmonica, and he was running behind him, jumping up and down, trying, trying to play his harmonica around. It was the funniest thing in the whole wide world. Uh, he gave all the little kids, you know, he loved kids, man. He gave way more gummy bears than a gummy bear factory could make, man. I mean, we'd be in trouble right now if you were down in PBI and he was still here. The kids wouldn't have gummy I'm sure there's a shortage of gummy bears. Uh, but, he, I mean, he just loved everybody. But I learned some things by watching him. He was a faithful man. Uh, he was faithful in everything he did. He said, don't start something you can't finish. Take care of business. That's, and he took care of business. He made sure everything was there. The money was there. He said, I'm not going to. There was somebody who was trying to send him. He told him he needed to go to India. He said, I ain't going to go to India. He said, I can't go to India. They said, why not? I said, well, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to step over people that have, don't have no food and they don't have this. They don't have that. He said, I will not go over there unless I got 40000 I could not go over there shy of having $40,000 in my pocket to give the money away to those people. The next morning in the bookstore, somebody delivered a brown paper bag with forty grand in it. You know what Dr. Rubin did? He went to India. <laughs> and I'll bet you he gave every penny of that forty grand away. He said, God passed up through his fingers. You know what I did? I found somebody I could pattern my life after. And I looked at him and said, hey, this man will do what he says do. He cares about it. You know what people do? They always ridicule him because of this. They get mad because they can't do what he did. You know what he did? He loved Jesus. I'll tell you what he did. He loved the Lord. You know what? If you pattern yourself after the right person or the right people or the right things, it's going to draw you closer to Christ and people are going to know you love the Lord. If you pattern yourself after the wrong thing, they're going to see the flesh side of that thing, the worldly lust side of that thing, and they're going to know exactly who you follow. I don't want to pattern myself after anybody. I want, it says right here, in all things showing thyself a pattern. You know what you're supposed to be? It's a pattern. You're supposed to end up being a pattern, but how do you do that? Well, there's some patterns in the Bible. Take your Bible, go to 1 Corinthians 12. We'll just look at a couple. There's tons of them, man. I mean, there's just tons of them. There's things, there's people, there's all kinds of patterns. Your whole book is full of patterns. Uh, and you sit there and look at it, and he gives you an example of what you... I like, I like 1 Corinthians 6. It says, Dare any of you having a matter? You want a pattern of what a Christian should be? Dare any of you having a matter against another? This, you don't turn to 6. Go, go over to 12, like I said. But it says, Dare any of you having a matter against another? Go to the law before the unjust, not before the saints. Uh, do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, that's me. I'm, I'm a saint. St. Mike here. I'm St. Michael. Uh, or I didn't have to stay a Catholic to become St. Michael. I didn't have to wait 40 or 50 years and die and do four or five miracles. I didn't have to do none of that stuff. I just had to find the Bible, sit on the back porch, trust Jesus Christ, and he made me a saint. I can't believe that. He said, uh, 
He goes, and if the world should be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? And that means you, be, you ought to be very careful in what you do when you judge. Because you're judging in the place of God. You ought to be very careful. And watch. You know what youth does? Youth, youth, youth will blow something out before they even think about it. Sometimes old people do the same thing. <laughs> uh, people do that. Know ye not that we shall judge angels. I can't believe that, man. There's going to come a day when the Lord brings us. You know what they song they sent? He sees the mountain we're going to be on one day. He sees what we're going to be doing out there one day. Today you don't see that, but he sees that. You know what that ought to make you want to do is get your life uh, closer to God. That's what it ought to make you do. And uh, there's some ways you could do that. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. I'll get there right now. Man, you should watch how you judge. And then he goes through that thing. He says, I, I, I like now, that whole thing in 6 there is a great passage. And you could go all through it. But what I like about this, it says, uh, verse, 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 verse. Oh, give me just a second here. Uh, we're going to judge angels, da 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 da. But brother, verse 6, but brother, go to the law with brother and, and that before the unbelieving. Now, therefore, there is utterly, verse 7, 6, 7, there is utterly a fault among you because you go to the. Why do you not rather take the wrong? Well, I tell you what, that got me when I first read that. Why do you not rather take the wrong? Why do you not rather suffer yourself to be defrauded? Nay, you do wrong and defraud, and that's your brethren. I sit there and read that thing, and I said, Lord, you just suckered me. I was all happy with being a saint. And I was all happy with judging angels. Man, I thought that was cool. Yeah, I got to go judge some angels. I said, I'm going to be right out there. I'm going to be on top. I said, maybe he'll let me throw Satan in hell. I have no idea. Well, no, he's already going to be in hell by that time. I said, but you know what? He goes, Mike, it's better if you just take it. When somebody reproves you, take it. When somebody rebukes you, take it. When somebody does you wrong, take it. Just shut up. Let it die. Let it go away. That's the bigger side of it. You know what that, that's Paul right there. Paul says, why not just, just suffer? You know the hardest thing for us to do is only by pride come with contentions. Let that pride go. That silly pride, man. That silly pride destroys everything. 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, I like, I like, I like Paul. Paul's Paul a good guy to follow after too, man. If you want to follow after somebody, he's a great guy to pattern your life after. Paul, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. He says this, Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And as God had set some in, uh, as, uh, and God has set some in the church, first apostles, second uh, prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, uh, diversities of tongues are are all apostles are all prophets are all teachers are uh, are all workers of miracles have all the gifts of healing do all speak with tongues do all interpret but covet earnestly the best gifts and I show you uh, and I show you uh, and I show and yet show I unto you a more excellent way you know when Paul's sitting there talking he says you ought to pattern yourself after the local body of believers when you come into a local body of believers, you, don't, you ought to try to fit in and not be outside that thing. I've had people come in and say, where's this? Where's that? Where's this? What's this? What's that? And I'm like, here we are. We're just trying to survive today, you know? And we're trying to get through. I mean, we got all the devil and all the demons and everything out there trying to stop us just from coming to church. I'll bet you if I sit up here and start taking testimonies, half of y'all, if not three quarters of you, had reasons not to come to church tonight. I had a lady call, which is a blessing, right down the street, down below Adam. 
And uh, she got mad at me a while back because we built that house over here and, and the water run off the back because we cleaned everything up. And now it's got a clean running water off the back and it runs down. But she took all the gutters off her house. And, and so she couldn't understand why her backyard was all full of water. And she's down in a gully like this and she's at the bottom and all the water from everywhere. Uh, if Noah's flood happened, that would be the first place that flooded right there. Uh, and so she got mad at us, but she calls tonight. And Beth takes the phone call and she says, Mike, she's been without power for two days. Two weeks. And she said, Could, do we know any electricians? So it sounds like a problem uh, with something in the wiring or something that's causing her problem. And I told Beth, I said, call her back tell her I'll be there in the morning. She said, why would you do that? Well, because I'm supposed to be an example. And here's somebody in the community asking for some help. They're not asking for money. Now, if somebody comes up and says, hey, you know, I got all my power cut off, and I, and I, and I, and I said, well, go get a job. You got a job? Are you working? No. I got people in my church that are hurting. I say, I don't mind helping people, but I mean, I don't want to help somebody that, I don't want to give something to somebody that's not doing nothing themselves, trying to help themselves. But this lady down there called and she said, do you know somebody? I said, yeah, I know somebody. I mean, why would she call me? Why didn't she call Mike? Why didn't she go to the back gate and call it Adam? Adam, Adam, where art thou? <laughs> I mean... But then you sit there and say, and the Lord says, what are you going to do? Well, you're supposed to show yourself a pattern. How is she ever going to see if we don't? You say, well, she'll use you. I don't care. I really don't care. I really just don't care. You know what? The Lord watches. He sees the future. He knows the whole thing. He says, uh, 12, go back to verse 12 up there. 12, 12. It says, for as the body is one. That's what we are is one. You know what this thing we should be? We should be a pattern for anybody who walks in here off the street that they can see and they say, hey, this is the group is different than all the rest. This group, this group right here actually believes what they say. They, they actually believe that there's Jesus, Jesus Christ is in heaven. They actually believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They actually believe in God. They think he can really do, I, yeah, I really believe he can do stuff. I think he can do all kinds of crazy stuff. He says, for as the body is one, uh, is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so is also Christ. There's your pattern. You want to know how to live a Christian life? Watch the church. Now, all churches, are, I was raised Roman Catholic. You don't want to watch that church. I went, we went down there to see my mom, and, and we were gracious, and she goes, I lost my rosary. I'm like, amen. <laughs> and, and so Beth found this black set. My backslidden wife found her a set and was going to give it to her. She goes, I can't use those. I'm like, why not? She goes, well, whoever made those didn't know what they were doing because some of them have six beads and 12 beads and three beads. And I think between all the beads, it's been so long since I've had a set of rosary. Between the cross and this, I think there's five beads. And they're supposed to be here and there's another five beads and a little thing where you say in our father and then five more beads. But whoever built this one messed it up. She goes, they don't know how to count beads. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I don't have that problem. <laughs> but you know what you do? You help them. You try to help them to get them to where they can see. He says, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink in one cup. We're one, brethren, we're one. We're not a bunch of different people. There's a pattern. Jesus Christ, the church, Christ and the body of believers, Christ and the church, the body of the, of the church of Christ, that's us, and that's our pattern to follow after. All you have to do is look at Jesus Christ, and what would Jesus Christ, I love that little saying, what would Jesus do? I like that. For the body is not one member but many. If the foot, you know, your foot, you got a foot on. Everybody's got a foot. Most people got a foot. I got a friend that's got one leg, Tom. 
Uh, and he's got one foot. Well, he, he should have jumped on. He jumped on a train and got knocked off the train, and the train ran over his leg, and he lost it. This was years and years ago. But you got foot. I, you know your toes, how important your toes are to your foot? They say your big toe gives you balance, and without your big toes, you'd lose your balance. Now, I don't know nothing about that. You know why? Because I got two big toes. But there's some people out there that are fighting without. Every piece of this body is valuable. Every one of you in here. You may not be, you could say, well, I'll never preach. Well, maybe God never called you to preach. Maybe he doesn't want you to preach. Here's a, a Sarah's going to school down there. She is not going to preach. I done told her that. I said, you might as well hang it up. You're not preaching. She goes, well, no. <laughs> they have ladies' meetings. We'll let her do something there, I guess. If Beth will let her in. I don't know. That'll be between Beth and her. But the foot, shall the foot say, because I'm not the hand? No. Just because you're one thing, it's not another. The pattern of the body is everything is there. It's a value. I've heard people, they get uh, depressed. They say, well, God ain't using me. Sure he is. Are you here? Are you here? You could be a hangnail. How about a nose hair? <laughs> Who knows what I am? Man, I don't care. You know what I want to do? I just want to be a servant. I want to do what he wants me to do. That's all I want. I just want to, I, I found out what he did. You know what Jesus Christ did? He served. You know what I want to be? It's like him. I want to serve. That's all I want to do. It's just serve. Serve until I die. When I get to heaven, uh, I, I can't imagine sitting at the uh, marriage supper of the Lamb. I can't, and that's, that's the farthest thing from my mind. That's it. I, I, I got some things that are way out there in my mind. I cannot imagine sitting there and letting him serve me. I can't. It's, it's going to be hard. I mean, he's probably going to have us locked in when we sit down. <laughs> you sit down and you put your hands on the table and these things come up, lock you down because you can't get up. But I, I just can't imagine anybody sitting there and letting Jesus Christ, and he wants to do that. He's always had a servant attitude, always. You want a pattern to pattern your life at? I'm telling you, the, the one you want a pattern after is Jesus Christ. That's the one. You know what Paul did? Paul was out killing Christians. I'm going to get to him in a little while. But he, he was out killing them. You know what the Lord did? It saved him. Can you imagine that conversation on the road to Damascus? Man, I want, to, I want to see some of this stuff when I get to heaven. Forget all these TV channels and Netflix and stuff. I want Godflex. I want to see what, I want to see Paul get knocked down. I want to see the expression on his face. You can't even, you can't even pretend. Actors all pretend. You're not going to be able, that face of his that day, man, was unreal. I could, I could, I mean, he's talking to Jesus Christ face to face and he's blind now. <laughs> And he can't run, he can't hide, he can't do nothing, he can't move, he don't know whether to go to the right or left, he's blind. Uh, his other two buddies are the ones that are with him, they don't fall down, they're, not, they're out of it. He has nothing, he has to talk to God. The Lord Jesus Christ is right in front of him, he has to talk. He says, hey Paul, it's kind of hard to kick against the pricks, isn't it? Huh? Huh? <laughs> he said, Lord, I can't even see the pricks no more. The Lord says, okay, I love you. You know what Paul did? Paul knew God, the Lord called him out. Ananias went to Paul. You know Ananias... He was afraid of Paul because he's afraid Paul was going to kill him, which I could understand that. That makes sense. He said, Lord, don't you know who, don't you know who Paul is? No, who is he? By the way, who is Paul? I, I, it was, that's not Saul, is it? The, the, the guy? No, no. Who is he? Could you tell me about him? They're on the road to Damascus, on the road to, to Emmaus, man. He's talking to those two guys. And they said, don't you know? He goes, no, tell me what went on today. Like he didn't know what went on from the foundation of the world. He knew what was going to happen that day. <laughs> And, he, and he's sitting there, and he's compassionate and loves it. You know, if you want to pattern yourself, have you ever walked up to somebody, and they go to tell you something? You say, oh, I know all about that. You don't have to. 
Have you ever thought that maybe we ought to shut up? I, I got a problem with this. I ought to just shut up and just say, oh, could you tell me about that? And just listen and not give your two cents? Have you ever think, thought that your two cents may not be worth anything that day? Brother, I'm telling you what, we, we are, as Christians, we should, there's some things we should pattern our lives after. And you're going to find those things all through your Bible. He said, the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand. Well, I'll tell you what, if you throw the hand on the ground there, it ain't going to do much either. Uh, he's going to lay over there and do absolutely nothing. The hand needs the arm, and the arm needs the, the shoulder, and the shoulder needs the trunk, and the trunk needs the legs. You ain't going to do nothing without all that other stuff. And then you've got to have the brain up there too. Then you've got the ear. Well, if you can't hear, and just because you can see, you still can't hear the car getting ready to run over you. No, you're, it's all, when he gives the body as a, as a picture of the body, he says every piece is of value. Uh, no matter what it is on that body, I, I created that thing. And if God created every piece is of value. He says, but now, or down in verse 20, he says, but now are they many members, yet one body. Boy, I'd love to see a church of 500. All in unity. I would not want to see a church of 500 with a division in it. But you give me two or three people, I'd rather be around two or three people. And I, I, on the ship, there was four of us. That was, they called us the God Squad. And everywhere we went, they'd say, oh, there's a God Squad. There's a God Squad. There's a God Squad. That was a compliment. It was actually they, it was a ridicule to us. But I took it as a compliment. Because they knew what side I was on. Amen. There wasn't a doubt about mine about it. The body of Christ, it's a pattern. It's a pattern. Uh, when you look at the body we, we, that we're here, the marriage. Oh, man, here's a great one. I like it. You know, when he gives you a marriage, a marriage is a pattern. You can pattern your marriage. Uh, if you want a great marriage, I'm going to tell you how you do it. You look in the Bible and you see how Christ treats the church. Husbands, that's how, oh, I better get into this, man. I got a little note here. A good one or a bad one depends on the pattern you choose to follow. Christ in the church or Ahab and Jezebel. You can have either one or something in between. I just chose to wait on the Lord. I didn't think he'd ever give me a wife. He finally did. Ephesians 5.30, the Lord says this. Paul says this via the Holy Spirit. For we are, we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak, uh, speak concerning Christ and the church. The pattern is Christ and his church. What did Christ do? Uh, he came and lived and served to start his church. Men, you know what your job is to do? Oh, man. Ooh. I got some notes here on the other side of this thing. You ain't going to like none of it. There is a, I got, there's a great disparity when it comes to, between the man and the woman, the responsibility of the relationship. A woman, women, you got like six things that you, you, you need to do. Men, you got like 13,000. Men, you got to love your wife. Sorry, can't help you, man. You got to honor her. Have you ever read uh, uh, Proverbs 31? Do you have a Proverbs 31 wife? I do. You know how you get a Proverbs 31 wife? You become a Proverbs 31 husband. If you don't become a Proverbs 31 husband, don't expect your wife to be a 31 wife and you're not a 31 husband. You know what that husband had to do? He had to make sure his wife had all the money she had needed to go do all that stuff. <laughs> she didn't have no money. You know what she did? She took his. Mine does that too. <laughs> I don't get a dime, man. I get, I get a paycheck. Y'all do pay me. I, I thank y'all for that. It, it, you give me a check and Jerry gives it to her. He quit giving it to her because I, I was getting offended, so now he mails it to her. 
You got to love her. You got to honor her. You got to cherish her. Christ cherished you. You got to nourish her. You want a pattern? You nourish your family, men. We nourish our families. If we don't nourish them, there's no way they'll ever get what they need. You got to cleave unto your wife. Man, I tell you what, there's a bunch of bunch of trouble out there if you don't. This is, this is a rated X one right here. Be ravished. This is Proverbs. Be ravished always with her love. She should be the apple of your eye. Not mine, yours. Yours, you stay away from mine. You need to rule over her. That's not like I'm the boss. I've heard people say, I'm the boss here. I'm the king of... You're an idiot. The queen rules the roost, man. You might as well understand that right now. I heard a preacher one time say that this is a woman's, her sphere of influence is, is around her. And however big that, I don't know how big that circle is. I, I think Bess is like Dayton and maybe half of America. But, but we're men, we're outside that thing. What's wrong with men is we succumb to be in the, the circle. I try to get out of her circle as fast as I can every morning. Because if I don't, she's going to put me to work is what she's going to do. Can you do that? Can you do that? And she does it so subtly. She'll go, oh, oh, this thing is broke. And she'll walk off. Oh, this thing is not working right. Oh, this thing isn't this. And she's really suckering me right in is what she's doing. Because she knows I like to fix things, so I go fix it. And, come. and then the list never stops. It goes on and on. you got to rule over her. When it comes really down to it, the final decision is yours. But if you set your pattern after the wrong thing and your pattern is not after Christ, you're going to make the wrong decision. You, need, you pray for your wife. You may say, well, I don't have a wife. Do you pray for her? If you, you pray the Lord gives you a wife that you can pray for? Lord, give me a wife so I can pray for her. It's one of the requirements. <laughs> you pray for not a wife. Oh, don't give me one. <laughs> yeah, I'll be telling you, brethren, we don't understand. When it comes to this stuff, Christianity is a serious thing. I've been doing this for 43 years. It is a serious thing. It's, it's something that requires effort on our part. It doesn't just happen. It requires effort. I knew that the day I got saved. It, it required 43 years ago on the back porch. I knew I was going to have to change. I didn't know what I was going to have to change to or how I was going to change. I just knew I had to change. Be an example for her. Let me ask you guys, are you an example to your wife? Man, I remember we was over at my father-in-law's house, uh, Bill, and uh, he had three guys up on the roof, a girl and two, two guys. She, the girl was doing more work than the two guys. And the guy hit his finger with a hammer. And he come down off the roof, and he was going to go home. And man, Beth goes over and starts chewing him out. I'm like, whoa. Well, my husband wouldn't do that. He'd get back up there. He'd finish that roof. He wouldn't quit like that. You're a quitter. I mean, she just went off on this guy. Blood just going. <laughs> she put a Band-Aid on that thing. Get back up on that roof. I mean, I was like, Beth, cut him some slack, man. I mean, she wasn't cutting. You know what that, what that was telling me? That's, that's her impression of me. She said, she said, Mike, I know. She told me one time, she said, Mike, I know you will always take care of me and that you will never make a decision unless you have me in it. I make decisions all the time she don't like. However common, when I make that decision, she's in, I, she's in the mix of that decision. My kids were in that decision. I, I thought about that. Be an example. You got to know her. Do you know your wife? Do you know, do you, guys, you may say, well, I'm single. I don't have a wife. Well, one of these days you will. You better find, the, that's why you need to wait on the Lord, man. <laughs> So that when he gives you somebody, you'll know her. I told the Lord out on the ship. I said, man, I said, if you give me a wife, I said, she has to be this, this. I had a list, man. That was like, it's like the naughty and nice list that went like a mile long. 
Uh, but it's all just, these are the things I want. It's like a wish list that went on and on and on. And when I met Beth, I threw the list away because I knew that th- there's no possible way I could ever meet a girl. And not only that, if she has that same list, I ain't going to meet up to that. We'll never make it. So I threw the list away. But the Lord had showed me right there that if, if she loves me and you love me, it will work. If, and if she doesn't love me and you're going after the flesh, it's going to cost you. You got to know her. It took me about two or three weeks to know. I said, I need a wife. I said, I said I'm from the Ohio Valley region. I need a wife from the Ohio Valley region because I'm, I'm a, a, a dumb Kentucky hillbilly. And I need somebody who knows how to deal with a dumb Kentucky hillbilly. And the Lord gave me Beth, and she's been able to deal with me ever since we know. <laughs> you got to rejoice with her. Have you ever rejoiced? There's some men, a pattern. Have you, have you ever rejoiced with Jesus Christ? I sit back here while they're singing, man, and I'm just sitting there laughing inside. Because I'm thinking about the Lord, and the songs just bring the Lord to my mind. I'm sitting there thinking, uh, what a blessing it is, and I'm still here in the battle. I'm still alive, and you're still there. And, and David, and I'm thinking about David and Solomon, and he's turning the kingdom over to Solomon, but he knows that the Lord's going to bless out there because the Lord's already said it. I think about Paul. Paul he told Paul, he said, you're going to go to Rome, and you're going to preach, and you're going to teach in Rome. It doesn't matter what you do between now and then, you're going to Rome. You know what Paul knew? I think that's one of the reasons why he went to Jerusalem. He already knew, I'm going to Rome somehow. I might as well just go over and get beat up. It doesn't matter. I'm going to Rome. When God has, is in control of your life and you let him have control, you can bet that you're going to do whatever he puts in front of you. It's going to work. you got to rejoice with him. you got to be kind to her. Is the Lord not kind to us? You want a pattern to follow after for a marriage? You couldn't beat that thing. Be not bitter at her. Oh, oh, that's a rough one. <laughs> nah, I'm not bitter, just mad. And she, 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 does, she does stuff. She goes, you know you're always right, Mike. That don't make it any better. Still, it's like women are emotional beings. If you don't know that by now, uh, and they want you to be that way too. And guys, we're not supposed to be emotional. I mean, yeah, amen, thanks, sis. We're not supposed to be that way. We're supposed to be men. Now, we are emotional in some ways, unless your wife wants you to be romantic. Then you need to be emotional <laughs> to make her happy, because that's one of the requirements up here. <laughs> Rejoice with her and be kind to her and, and be, make her happy. But, but you still have to, you know what the Lord did? He did that to me. Man, he is, for, for I can't even tell you how many years, 43 years, and I've watched him do some things in my life that just, when I know he should have, the hammer should have come down and it didn't. He should, there's things he should have done to me, and it didn't. It was just grace and mercy. Long-suffering. He, it's like he knew. He goes, Mike, I know you're going to get it. I know you're from Kentucky. I got it. He said, that, that's why you know, none of the Indians would go down there. They all used it for a hunting ground. We only had animals down there because the people from, if you're from Kentucky, don't get all offended. <laughs> I was born and raised in Kentucky. I can say that. But, but you got to, guys, we're supposed to be men. How are you ever going to serve Jesus Christ if you're not a man? You can't do it. I'm not here to serve my wife. However, comma, I'm here. If I'm going to look the pattern, I'm going to serve the Lord. In the process of serving him, I'm going to be serving my family. And I'm going to meet their needs. I'm going to do it. That's what my job is. So you've got a pattern. You've got a pattern of the body. Your body. God gives you a body to look at. And, and that thing's a pattern for you to look at. I'm, I could be just a finger or a toenail or something of that nature. But that's okay. I'm still part of the body. And that's all that matters. And I need to get that in my mind and heart that the pattern is right in front of me all the time. And the Lord knows exactly what I am in this body. And he's going to use me. i got a pattern of the marriage. Christ died for his bride. 
Would you die for yours? He thought that I was, I was that valuable to him, lost, that he would die for me and make a way for me. I think that's a good thing. And then young people. You want a pattern? This one's for you. Proverbs. Go to Proverbs real quick. You talking about a pattern for young people. You know what you guys need today? Y'all need a pattern. That book, see, sometimes you get a book as your pattern. That book is one of the greatest patterns that you could build your life around. Uh, I remember when I first read this thing, uh, I kept getting my son, my son, my son. I marked him on my son, my son, my son. I thought he was talking to me. I really, I just thought, I, I was that naive that I thought that uh, he was talking to me. And I've had pe people come up to me, Christians say, oh, no, brother, that's not for you there. That's really Solomon talking to his son. I said, well, you think whatever you want to think. I still think he's talking to me. Uh, the Proverbs, verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom, instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtly to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. You know what young people y'all need is knowledge and discretion. You need to learn that. This world doesn't give you that. You know what they teach you? That you know more than your parents do. Why? Because you can use this stupid thing? I'm sorry, I don't care how good you are. I see people do this all the time. I, I couldn't do that if, if my life depended on it. Uh, I, I was texting, a girl bought some tires for me, and I said, look, can you just, like, call me so we can talk about this? I said, I don't text. I texted something. Uh, what did I text? Who, yeah, I texted a word, and it was wrong. So I sent it corrected, and it was wrong corrected. The word, four letters, four, four letters. So I sent it the third time wrong. Finally, I waited till I was absolutely sure it was right, and then I sent it. You say, what is that? Stupidity. I, I hate these things. You know what, young people, you think that technology is your answer. Technology is not your answer. I'll tell you what your answer is, is good old-fashioned work, man. Work. Work is good for you. Uh, the right relationship. You, know you know what the thing will teach you? Chapter 1 will teach you the right relationship. You need to watch who you run with. Who you run with will destroy you. You read all of chapter 1 there, and I'm, just for sake of time, I'm not going to go through it all. But he says, I, I like verse 26. He says, uh, I go back to 25. Man, you can go back to verse 1. But verse 24, it says, but I have called and ye refused. Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But ye have set at, my, at naught all my counsel, and with none of my reproof, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when, you, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then they shall call upon me, but I will not answer. I'm like, Lord, never let me. He said, how can I not? He said, don't run with the ones you're not supposed to run with. He said, they're going to cause trouble and they're going to get in trouble. And one of these days it's going to cost them. Stay away from them. Don't do it. Don't go there. That's wisdom, man. You know what a young person needs is they need some knowledge. Uh, the right relationship with the opposite gender. Oh, man, this one's a good one. You go through Proverbs. You know what the, the number one overlying thing in that whole thing is? Is the relationship between a man and a woman. And you better watch out because there's, there's both genders on both sides will get you, and they'll kill you out there. Yeah, that thing will kill you. I've got all kinds of verses for that. Chapter 2, chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, uh, 2, two, ten, two six. Oh, man, you better watch it, man. They'll get you. They'll get you. The right relationship. Learn. You want to build your pattern? You read that book and say, I'm not going to be like this. I'm going to be like this. I'm going to be like this. I'm not going to be like this. I'm going to be like this. You know what you got to do? I'll, be, I'll give you a hint. You got to read your Bible. 
If you just come to church and expect me to tell you everything from here, like one hour on Sunday morning and one hour on Sunday night and one hour on Wednesday night, but you only come on Sunday mornings, hang it up. Well, actually, you'd be here on Sunday night because if you were only here on Sunday morning, you wouldn't have heard what I just said. So, anyways, you, have to, you can't just come to church and get it. Church is a place where you come and have fun. And you get preached out a little bit, get under conviction, and then say, man, i got to go away, and now i got to do some stuff. And then what you do is you get in that book. you got all the rest of the week. I had a lady come in here one time and yell at me because her kids were all messed up. They gave them to our kids. when We had to pick them up most of the time, four hours a week, and they had them for like 168 hours. And they're telling me, and she's not in church, and her husband's not in church, and yet it's our fault because her kids aren't doing right. I'm like, ma'am, I said, why aren't you in church? You're, you're a Christian. You're a Baptist. You used to go to church. She goes, well, my husband told me if I don't go to church, you've got you to obey your husband. That's a lie. My husband told me if I don't go to church, I can let my kids go to church. And you're blaming me. I said, you're the problem. I said, you should be in church with your kids. Fooey on your husband, man. If he's telling you to go against God, you're, you're saying he's bigger than God in your life? Now, I'm going to tell you, ladies, if, if your husband tells you, if he's a godly, God-fearing man and he tells you something and you don't do it, don't you? Well, Mike said that I can rebel against you. I didn't say that, but if your husband isn't going to love God, or if your wife isn't going to love God, are you going to just chunk God out the window for that? Learn to control the tongue. Well, that's probably something I need to do. <laughs> go, to, go to chapter 8, uh, Proverbs 8. Man, I tell you what, 8-8. Eight, eight. This is a great book. You want to pattern your life after something. You got a book sitting in here, man. You got all these, everything's in here. It tells you exactly what to do. 8 8. Chapter 8, verse 8. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing forward or perverse in them. You ever listen to your tongue? I was on a ship one time, and I mean, every other word was a single cuss word, one cuss word, four letter cuss word. Every other word that everybody in the ET shop said. Every other word. They could not even, they used that adjective for everything. I got them all together one day, about 14 of them, 13, 14 of them. I said, you know what? I said, you guys couldn't stink and talk if you took that one word out of your vocabulary. Oh, blankety blank, we could, blankety blank, 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 blank. I said, do it. You talking about quiet. It was quiet for a week. They couldn't talk because they stopped and thought, I can't use that word. Well, they had to actually increase their vocabulary to talk. They... But they got so used to it, talking like that, they never even thought nothing about it. And when they got to the team, that's why they called us the God Squad, because nobody out of the ET shop cussed anymore. They couldn't believe it, man. I'm like, I told these guys, I didn't threaten them and say I was going to kill all them or nothing, man. I just said, you can't talk if you take that word out of your vocabulary. And then they realized what was going on. You got to watch what comes out of your mouth sometimes. I, I, I get angry. Be, be angry and sin not. I, I get angry from time to time. And it's wrong. It's wrong. I already know it's wrong. But I, my brother's angry all the time. There's, you got to grow. I've been growing. I've been doing this for 43 years. And I like his song. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars. He ain't 43 years. He's still he's working on me, man. He's just working. You got to get to the place where you obey. Go to 1 7, chapter 1, verse 7. There's nothing wrong with authority, by the way, guys. We're going to go to camp. And Joe's going to be running the camp. You know what you got to do is you got to listen to him. I don't want to. Then don't go to camp. It's really basic. If you want to go to camp and he tells you what to do, do it. If he tells me what to do, there's a problem. But we'll work on that. 
I'll just stay out of his way. I got my own golf cart, so I don't care. I'll be somewhere else. <laughs> no, you, you, brother, I'll tell you what. You know what? I go in the kitchen, and here's Beth and Robin. We need this. We need this. So I got to go to Warsaw. Warsaw. Is it Warsaw? Is that the place? That's 25 miles away or 15, 20 miles away to get him a loaf of bread. I mean, that's, that's all I am. I'm a facilitator. That's it, man. I just go get people stuff. Tim comes up. All of our balloons are bad. I had to get 26 gazillion balloons last year just so we could have camp. You know what it is? You're a servant. You're there to serve. One week is all you got to do. Just one week. You know, I really, it's pre- Now, I tell you what, I want to back this thing up. I appreciate everybody in here. All the adults, especially. The kids, you used to pay. Now you don't even have to pay no more. Man, that isn't, that isn't right. We should make them go out and work in some, do something, make some more money. But, but the adults take a week's vacation, and they give their time a week of that to go up there and be counselors and helpers and everything else. That, that's just a blessing. I mean, that is just, that speaks volumes of you people. All of you, man. I mean, it just speaks volume. Uh, that you would do that. Most people would want to take their vacation and go sit on the beach down in, in Georgia somewhere and actually get sun rays. But, but we do it, and we get to come back and have, have, have fellowship for the rest of the year on how funny this happened, that happened, this other, and the kids running around and stealing golf carts and all that other stuff. It's just a blast. you got to obey authority. One, one, seven, and eight. He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. They hate instruction. They think they know it. If you think you know everything, believe me, you don't. Uh, You'll learn one day you don't. Eight, my son, hear the instructions of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. You know what? Solomon listened to his dad, David. Now, Solomon messed up bad. And we're going to go down the road here in a couple seconds. And and I'm going to show you where some of these guys, there's some people you pattern your life after. There's some you don't. But Solomon listened to his dad. And when he got said and done and he laid that ark, got that ark inside the temple, let the priest take it in there. When they did it, as they set that thing down, that place filled with smoke and they had to get out of there. They couldn't even minister in there for the smoke. And the Lord descended on that thing before they got out of the place. And Solomon got to watch that thing. And he still messed up. Now, brother, that scares me right there. That a man like Solomon can, can have the Lord talk to him twice in dreams. Twice. And he can do a work that his daddy set him up for. And he succeeded in that work so much so that the Lord came down and blessed that work right in front of him and the entire nation. And then he goes astray. That's how easy it is to do that. Any one of these things can take you out in a minute. I'm sitting there going, Lord, I don't want that to happen to me. I don't, young people, don't ever let it. Listen, listen, I, I, I went, when I was in the Navy, I noticed one thing, that the chief, a senior chief is a senior chief, and I'm a, I'm a boot camp flunky. I'm an E2, he's an E8. And that's what I want to be. That's what I am, by the way, I'm a chief. And I said, that's what I want to be. And I know none of these guys know how to do that. Oh, I take that back. One guy out of our, our group did. That guy graduated, the day he graduated, he was a chief. They hired him to be the sea chanter, choir director. So they couldn't hire him right in as a chief. So he had, they said the only thing he had to do is go through boot camp. The day you graduate boot camp, we'll make you a chief right there. So he went from E1 to E9. I think it was E9 right off the bat, E8 or E9. And uh, I was like, whoa, this guy knows how to do it too. But, you know, if you listen to all I did was listen to the guy. He said, Mike, if you do this, 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 this. He said, you may, may or may not like the Navy. He said, if you don't like the Navy... The simplest way to get out of the Navy is to do your six years and shut up. He said, as a matter of fact, fail school and you only have to do four years and you'll get out of the Navy. 
because otherwise they're going to throw you in the brig and it's going to be longer to get out of the brig and all that other stuff and all the other hassle you got to get out of the Navy. Just do your four years and get out if you don't like it. I said, hey, that's why. That's counsel. That's why it's counsel. I'll take it. He actually walked me to the back of the, uh, the boot camp and showed me a hole in the fence. He said, if you want to leave, you can leave right there. He said, they're going to come get you, but you can leave right there. I said, no, I don't want to leave. I, I joined to join. I want to be here. You know, I think he knew that, and he said, okay, hey, I'm going to help this kid out. And he told me some things, and I listened to him. And then when I got out of there and I went over to ETA school, I listened to them guys. And when I got out of there and went to, I went to Fort Gordon, Georgia, an Army base, I listened to the Army guys. And every time I'd make right, I had a bosun mate call me up. I said, Mike, get up here. I'm your boss. A bosun mate. He chips paint. He paints ships. He knows nothing about electronics. You know what he told me? You got to take your test. I said, I can't. Why? I don't have nobody to sign my parts to say I can fix all this stuff. As a matter of fact, I've never been out there to fix all this stuff. He goes, shut up. And he started running my record out, and he signed my paperwork, and I'm 85, and never worked a day. Why? I just listened. You know, sometimes listening to somebody help you out. You just got to listen. Listen. Don't think you know everything. Until you're 90 years old, you don't know it. Somebody, that's when I always listen. Dr. Roman, I'd chase him down and get answers. I'm a chief of the Navy. Why would I chase some little guy down? Because I want, that's a spiritual answer I'm looking for. And I know I don't know it. And all he had to do was say this, bam. And I'm like, done, I'm finished, see you later, bye. I already told the Lord, whatever he tells me to do, that's what I'm going to do. And then he'd say something, you say, oh, you're a cop. No, I'm not. That's the guy I put myself. I believe if you go to church and you place yourself under a pastor, you ought to, you ought to talk to that man before you do anything. I've done that for 43 years. I've never left a church without talking to the pastor first. Not once. Not once. Now, I may already made up my mind that I'm going to leave, but I, have went, I went and talked to the pastor every single time. You've got to do that. I mean, it's, it's obeying the authority that God sets over you. Getting counsel. Young people, get, get counsel. And working. Oh, man, work. I like this one. It's, Proverbs is great for a young, young, young couple, young people. Because it, it tells you. He can, he, when he classes, go to 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> You just got to read it. I mean, it's, go to the ant, thou sluggard. You know, people get all mad. He said, go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways. It's a female ant on top of that. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathered her food in the winter harvest. How long will thou sleep, O sluggard? When will thou arise out of thy sleep? Go to uh, 2430. And then I'm going to just look at a couple of people that you can pattern your lives after. And then we'll go to the barn, as some of my friends say. 24, 24. I like this one. This one's a good one, too. You want to pattern your life? Be a hard worker. You know what? That's what the Lord says, dude. That's wise. That's why. You know what keep you out of trouble? I used to work two jobs a day, uh, eight hours on uh, morning and afternoon. And uh, I'd work till midnight. I'd get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and work till midnight. And... Uh, I, you just don't have time for nothing else. You have time to come home, and you know what I did? I found a Bible. What was interesting is when I finally got off at night, I could sit in my chair just to calm down a little bit and read some Bible that I found. It lost. I found a Bible. I started reading it. I didn't have time to do nothing else. I couldn't go nowhere else, so I did that. Proverbs 24, 24. It says, wait a minute, am I in the right place? I don't think I'm in the right place. 24, 30. 24, 30. I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over uh, with thorns and nettles and had covered the face thereof. And the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. You want some instruction? 
You had a little sleep and a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. He says, uh, folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and thy want as an armed man. I haven't got a lot of stuff, but I've worked my whole life. I just think you ought to work. Uh, you ought to do something. Work, 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 and I've always made it. Uh, I've, I've realized a long time ago, I could have worked to make millions of dollars. I already know how to do that. I don't want to do that. I, I didn't, never want to do that. I thank God that he gave me a wife that didn't want me to do that. Uh, I, I just didn't want to spend the time to do that. I'd rather spend the time doing what I'm doing. You know what I did? I, I got a pattern out of this book, and I said, Lord, Lord, this is the pattern right here. And this Life is short. It's a point that a man wants to die. One of these days, I'm going to take my last breath. And, and if I go out there and spend my entire life to get all this stuff out there, and I die, what shall a profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Then that's of no value. So if it's of no value, it's of a value to help me get through life. But if it's really an eternity, it's a no value thing. Uh, I don't want it. I don't want it. I, and he goes, okay, because you don't want it, I'm going to give it to you. That's just like what he did for Solomon. I still patterned my life after Solomon on some things. Let me look at a couple guys here. Enoch. Enoch's a good guy. I like Enoch. Genesis 5.21, it says, Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begot Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begot Methuselah 300 years. Man, that's a long time. I mean, 300 years, he had to convince the Lord to take him. Finally, the Lord said, man, I might as well put him in heaven. I'm with him all the time anyways. Why am I wasting my time always walking with Enoch? He can just get him up here with me. And he goes on, he goes, uh, he goes, uh, walked with God, and he, got, uh, he says, and all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and one day he says, and he was not. God took him. I heard a mess, guy preach a message one time, Enoch, the, the was not. Just took you, man. You know, you know if I'm going to pattern my life after somebody, I'd pattern it after somebody like Enoch. I would try to develop a relationship. It's all about relationship, by the way. I try to develop a relationship with God. And I just keep, I like that old judge, uh, Jesus gives that uh, illustration about a judge, parable about a judge, and he said the lady kept bugging him and bugging him and bugging him, finally the judge did what the lady said do. I said, you know, okay, that's a good, I, that's what I'm going to do, I'm going to just keep bugging the Lord until he answers me. And I'm just going to, if something's really on my heart and something's really troubling me, I'm going to take it right to him, I'm going to keep it right there until I get an answer. You know, one of these days you'll get it. And if you do it long enough and you do it a whole bunch of different times, he might answer you a whole lot quicker because he already knows you're not going to leave him alone. Noah, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He's a great guy to pattern your life after. You know, the Lord told him one time, build an ark, and he did. He spent 120 years doing what the Lord told him to do. It never says the Lord told him to do it again. It just says one time the Lord said, build the ark, and he gave him the pattern that, to how to build that ark. Noah built that ark, and 120 years later, he showed the Lord coming back and telling him to get on board and let's go. Now, the Lord was still busy in his life the whole time. And the Lord did get all the animals together. But when the Lord came back, he said, now get in the ark. And he sent him in the ark, and away he went. It doesn't say the Lord didn't talk to him. It doesn't say he did. It just gives you the impression he told him one time. You know why Noah is a guy to pattern your life? If the Lord tells you what to do, just do it. Do it until he tells you to do something else. We already know about Joshua. I like Joshua. Joshua was a pattern to the rest of the people around him. You know what Joshua used to do? He'd hang out with Moses. You didn't hear a lot about Joshua when Moses was around. Joshua was Moses' servant. Everywhere Moses went, Joshua was right there. So you heard about that. Joshua was one of the two of the 12 that went into the promise, and he came back out. Let's go take him out. And these are monsters in there. He said, let's go take him out. Caleb was the other guy. Let's go take him out. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. We can do anything. God can do anything. We can do it. We can do it. And the other 10, he had to walk around 40 years with all those people. And they all, all of them, all of them, 20 years older and older, died, except for Joshua and Caleb and Moses and Aaron. They all died. 
Why? Because they just didn't believe God. These two did. You know, Joshua, he finally takes over for Moses and says, Joshua 1.7, he says, Only be thou strong and very courageous, talking to the people. That thou mayest, now, you're going to find out some people will listen to you, some won't. He said, thou, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses thy servant. And he goes on and talks to him. Verse 15, it says, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you shall serve. I don't go and find homosexuals and get in their face and start screaming at them. That's their choice. If it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord. If you don't want to serve the Lord, fine. Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers have served that are on the other side. Where did I get that from right here? If the Lord wants you to serve him and you, you want to serve him, he's going to make a way for it. Uh, on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Above my back door, that, that's right there. There's a plaque up here that says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know what the people said? Because Joshua was a pattern for them. They watched Joshua. They watched him do what he did the whole time. They said, hey, we can follow this guy. He's a good pattern for us to follow. They said, and the people said to Joshua, nay, but we will serve the Lord. You know what Joshua did? He encouraged the people because of his life. If you're going to pattern your life, pattern your life after some people that do the right thing for God. I like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, man. They're, they're, that's a good story in Daniel. Daniel's a good guy to talk about, too. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Nebuchadnezzar called him in and said, Hey, I heard y'all ain't going to bow to my God. Nope, ain't going to do it. Why not? Because we serve the God of heaven. Ain't, just make a long story short. We ain't going to do it. I like that. I, I put a little note here. I heard an old preacher say this one time. He said, they wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't burn. And then I threw this in, and they didn't buck authority. Them guys were in the fire. They said they didn't even smell smoke on them when they come out. And he says, I see as the son of man in there, the fourth guy. But there's only three. We threw three in there. There's four in there now. And the king says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out. And they did. They're with, we're there with the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe pre-incarnate Lord Jesus Christ right there with them. And the Lord says, yeah, y'all go and do what he says <laughs> for now. Because he's your head. He said, but the day, because I'm not going to take you today. If I was going to take you today, we're done. But I'm not taking you today. You're going to stay here, obey him. And they went right back out through there, and they did exactly what that king said. You know what they did? That king looked at them and said the smoke wasn't even on them. And, and that king said, there ain't no God, because they did the right thing. There's no God. You know what we need to learn how to do is how to obey. You know, sometimes God will tell you to do something. It's hard to do, but you do it anyways. And it, it may cost you. You may not. I like that song they just sang where he sees the mountain you're going to be on. You know what the Lord said? He goes, I see these three coming back out of the fire in a few minutes. They don't see that. They know I can do it, but they don't see that. Because nobody's ever seen that before. He goes, I'm going to do something new right here, right now. It's going to be cool. I'm going to, I'm going to get them thrown in here. They're going to stand up. We're all going to have fellowship and talk. And then I'm going to send them back out of the fire. The guys who threw them in burn up. They turn to ashes. These guys aren't even going to get hurt. As a matter of fact, their clothes ain't even going to get hurt. Nothing about them is going to get hurt. And the Lord says, I can take it. But see, they didn't see that. You know what they did? They trusted God. The Lord says, I see exactly what's going to happen. Don't worry. Trust me. And they said, whether we live or die, it doesn't matter. I'm going to trust the Lord. That's, you want to pattern your life. You got Daniel. Jonah, don't pattern your life after Jonah. Jonah, Jonah, he went to Well City University, man. Don't go there. Uh, all he had to do was listen to God. God told him exactly what to do. Jonah knew exactly what to do. He knew he, he just didn't like the people that God sent him to. 
Brother, I tell you what, I don't like me. And I just thank God. Amen, brother. I thank God that God says that. I thank God that God has grace and mercy and long suffering. Don't be like Solomon. You know what turned Solomon's heart? Many women. He had a thousand wives. That's great. You know, some people, men will say, oh, that's a good. No, it ain't neither. One's plenty. Believe me, tell you, one's plenty. That's all you need. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is good to follow. Paul, though, the last one I want to look at here is Paul. You want to get a good one to follow is Paul. 1 Timothy 1.15 says this. This is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit, for this cause I obtained mercy. Now get this. You need to get this. This is a key thing here. This is this Paul. Howbeit, for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first... Jesus Christ might show forth all long-suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. You ever think that you ever did something God just could not forgive you? You know, Paul says, I'm your pattern. I used to kill him. I used to kill God's Christians, his, his, his children. I killed them. I'd put them in there. We'd, we'd stretch them, and we'd do all kinds of wicked stuff and stone them, the whole thing. You know what God... He goes, you know why the Lord saved me? To show his long-suffering in me. So as I'm reading, writing 14 New Testament books, and you ever get to a place in your life out there somewhere where you think it's over and God can't ever use you again? He goes, I'm your pattern. Amen. Just look at me. He used me until the end, and he will use you. Don't let the devil ever get to the place where he'll tell you you're worthless. Now, if God tells you that, okay, we're done with it. <laughs> Make sure it's him telling you that too, by the way. 1 Corinthians 4.14 says, I write these things to shame you, but as, uh, uh, I, I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you, for though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers, for in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore, I beseech you, be ye followers of me. Paul is saying, I'm your pattern. I'm the guy you want to look at to, to walk that Christian walk that you're supposed to walk. I'm your pattern. Then he goes on in the last verse I'll read here, 1 Corinthians 11, 1. It says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I delivered to me. Brethren, you've got to get into this book. This is the instruction manual of the pattern. The pattern is sitting right in here. He says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have a God, and you're not your own. You're bought with a price. You're the temple now. You're, it's not the tabernacle no more. It's you. It's, it's me. And the only way I could spend, Solomon spent time to put that temple, to seven years to build that temple. David spent a long time before Bathsheba getting the stuff together to put that temple. There was years and years and years and years and years of effort to get that temple to where it was at. And it's going to take years and years and years of effort in your life. Effort. Each one of us have to put the effort in. It's not something that just happens overnight. You have to put the effort in. But I'm telling you, after 43 years, it is well worth it. It is well with my soul tonight. It is well with my soul. You know what I know? I got the Lord Jesus Christ. I got everything I ever wanted. And I got more. I like the way Dr. Peacock says, and that and a bag of chips, too. I can't even eat chips anymore. If I got a bag of chips, I'd have to give them away to somebody. I'm on this stupid diet. Eight more weeks, though. I'm praising God about that. It was 20 at one time. Now it's only eight left. Twelve of them are gone. Eight more weeks, and I'm going to eat me a big old slice of pizza, man, and a big ice cream cone. Well, maybe a big old thing of ice cream. 
Maybe not. By then, maybe I'll get right and I won't do that either. Beth won't let me. But I'm telling you, brother, I, you, you, all of a sudden you get thankful for the smallest things in life. When you just stop and say, if I look at my Lord and he came into this world as a little baby and he was born of a woman and, he, and they had to change his diaper and they had to do this and they had to do that and, and all this other stuff and he grew up as a young man and he got the wisdom from God and he learned obedience by being a human, a man. And he suffered and went to the cross and died and shed his blood at Calvary and rose the third day. And now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father to get me into heaven. I don't know about you, but I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I'm ready to meet him. I've already met him. I met him on a back porch 33, uh, 43 years ago. But, boy, I want to meet him face to face. I want to see, I want to see those eyeballs, man. I want to see them flames coming out and that, that sword coming out of his mouth. I think that's cool because it can't hurt me. I mean, it won't bother me one bit. I want to see that. I want to see him. I don't think I'll see him like that. You know what I think I'll see him as? The lowly shepherd. The man who loved me. Who gave his life for me. Who loved me. Who cared. Who sit there and it was long suffering. He says, Mike, I treated you like I did Paul. Aren't you glad I gave you Paul for a pattern? I'm like, yeah, I sure am. I said, Lord, help me. Father, help me tonight to be what we should be. Lord, this book is full of patterns that we can follow our lives after. Lord, this world has nothing for us. And yet they're trying to throw patterns at us uh, that we, they want us to follow. I don't want to follow none of those. Lord, help us to get off these, these cell phones and computers and all that other garbage out there that just take in our lives. And help us to get back into the book that you gave us to show us how we can pattern our life after you. Uh, Lord, you've shown us every way you can. And, and uh, Solomon said that he prepared a place for you. Lord, help us now that we're that temple. Help us to prepare that place for you also. Again, thank you for tonight. Bless and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.